Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome back to another week. Welcome back to another episode, and welcome back to If I Didn't Laugh, I'd Cry. Ah, I'm I'm here, man down, man down, send help. Listen, people were like getting sick over the Christmas, New Year's period, and I'm thinking, weak, (laughs) weak ass, (laughs) but yeah, I'm down, man down, absolutely, you know what, literally, Borderline, nearly calling 999. But yesterday, I get an alert saying, don't call 999 unless it's an emergency. Well, it's an emergency. I can't smell. Can't smell. You know what I mean? I've had to put nasal drops. You know how disgusting nasal drops are? Because these nasal drops, they go they go down your throat and it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Right? I'm, I'm absolutely repulsed with the situation at the moment. I hate being sick. I hate phlegm. It makes me gag. This is actually Tawanga's worst nightmare. If you wanted what my my worst nightmare is, is like my throat being blocked, having mucus, TMI, TMI, because if I was to hear this on another podcast, I would absolutely be like, you, ugh, you unthoughtful little so-and-sos. How can you just talk about things like that? So, (laughs) sorry, sorry. I'm actually having to record this with the window open so I can get some fresh air in here so I can breathe so my nose doesn't get blocked. Listen, so however the sound quality comes out, that's how it comes out. And, you know, on top of that, I had a whole guest episode recorded, two hours worth of footage. Is it even called footage? Two hours worth of recording records i don't know um i honestly i don't know how many weeks of a month i've been doing this podcast now but i still don't know podcast lingo <laughs> no one's no one's taught me <laughs> maybe the boardman lot can teach me boardman lot get in contact do you know these things do you know these things boardman lot so yeah it's just me again today um pff, let's 
let's just see how we get on. If you hear noises outside, that's just the outside. Yeah, it's not me being unprofessional, whatever. That's just outside. And I'm so sorry for the sound of my voice. Honestly, <laughs> I can't help it. You know, you want to sue me on top of this, on top of this illness I've got? You want to sue me for sounding like this? Just being silly, just being goofy, just being goofy, you know me. <laughs> We're back at it today. On today's episode, I think, not I think. <laughs> oh, am I fooling about? Mm, just, just a slight guess. I'm just thinking. Listen, I like to say I think a lot, but it's gonna be the trusted Reddit community. They've got some really interesting questions on there. There was one question that I read that I was like, whoa, 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 this sounds interesting. So I had to do a little bit of research. I hate coursework, right? In school, hated coursework, right? I did art and did, no, I did, um, for my options, I did art and I did textiles, yeah? And for art, you had to annotate and you had to research. Oh my goodness. I just wanted to draw. That's all I wanted to do was draw. And now I have to go on the internet and research and tell you where this art history, like, why? To not draw. Then, guess who had a bright idea to one guy? I thought, mm, let me do art and design in college. You know what I'm saying? So, I did art and design in college. And guess what? Coursework. More coursework. More research stuff. I just want to draw and make stuff. That's all I want to do. I just want to draw, make stuff, take pictures. Stop. You know? But apparently it doesn't stop because <laughs> I saw a question, piqued my interest, had to do research on it because I thought I've never heard of this. So you're going to hear about it because it's going to be the question of the most like information that I can find. And also we're going to be opening our Bibles today. So get your Bibles ready. You know, I don't want to misinform you. You get me, get your internet ready, get your Bibles ready. I don't want to misinform you. You get it. Well, as per, let me start off with a rant. Even though I think I've already ranted about my condition. Okay, I'm suffering, guys. My condition. And I've ranted about this research I've had to do. This is the most graft I've had to do for this podcast. <laughs> you lot better share this because this is graft. <laughs> On top of that, I've got... Listen, I'm just complaining. Just complaining. I'm just goofing around again. I think I'm going to rant about... The fact that I had a whole episode recorded and, you know, with a guest. And the minute, I would say no, the moments after we started speaking about God, the, the sound just stopped working properly. I am telling you right now, the sound just started echoing. I felt a little bit mocked. I felt a little bit laughed at. You know what I'm saying? And it just progressively got worse and worse. It just got worse. Yeah, it was an echoey sound. But it's like not even something that I can use like I have done in the past for some episodes where it's slightly echo and you can bear it. It's echoey. It's large room vibes. You get it? Right. But this was a compact room and it actually had a lot of stuff in there. So you think it's like more soundproof. But no, that's not what it was. Yeah, and usually my rants are full of energy, but my head is banging, banging headache. 
listen, send help, send help. And I was just kidding about the ambulance. I don't need to call the ambulance. I know that the NHS are chock a block. Let me explain what NHS is for my boardman lot. And I'm so biased because I've got other people who listen in other countries. Japan is on the list now. Oh my goodness, there's somebody in Japan listening? Don't gas me. But because the boardman lot have a special place in my heart. And it's funny because I'm here going, me and the boardman lot, you know, we've got a special, we've got a special relationship. They could be plotting to take me down. <laughs> there could be part of a conspiracy to take Tawunga down. <laughs> And I'm here bigging them up, promoting them, lol. But let me explain NHS. NHS is healthcare in the UK. It's meant to be free, and that's in quotes. But us immigrants, like myself, we have to pay money to the NHS. Here we go. Here's my rant. Here's my rant, yeah? My rant is probably going to be British government. We, we have to pay money to the NHS, especially if you're not a British citizen, Right? You have to give money to the NHS on top of already paying towards um, the healthcare services in your tax at work. So when you get your payslip, you see your NI, which goes to the healthcare services, ambulance and the like and the such, right? So we already get that deducted. But if you're not British, you know, and you have to renew your papers, you have to give a surcharge to the a surcharge to the NHS. I bet you most people who are British didn't even know that, right? And guess what? I read a thread before I deleted my Instagram. I read a thread on Instagram by a doctor who was saying they're standing solidarity with um, the nurses. And this thread, the doctor literally said, the people who use the NHS the most are the elderly. And guess what? They keep them. They they just occupy beds because they can't release them out there unless they've got aftercare so they're all fit for discharge well most of them are fit for discharge guess who uses the nhs the least you guessed it immigrants <laughs> you can't make this thing up so the government thought oh you know what's a good idea let's get these immigrants right i bet you pretty patel is in that boardroom or whoever the new one is or rishi sunak whoever it is the p the government which we trust so much who do so much for us so many good things for us they probably thought you know it's a good idea you know this immigrants that we're trying to ship off to rwanda how about the ones we can't ship off you know what we need to do we need to charge them an nhs surcharge to use the nhs and then somebody probably went Okay, but what if they don't want to pay that? Can they just decline to pay it and then go private? And then somebody went, no, no, that would be stupid to allow them to go private. It means they'll take the good money that they're paying to us and pay for private healthcare, which is better than the NHS anyway. You know what I mean? Like, why would you even suggest that? Right? And I bet you the person who suggested that and who pointed that out got fired, right? Because we have to pay that NHS surcharge. If you didn't know, now you know. That's your government. And I'm not trying to get anybody to rise up against the government because I pay it. I live in this country. But I'm just trying to pull back the K-Tang. You get it? Pull back the K-Tang. Yeah, for all the people who say, oh, go back to your country. Come in here, taking our jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what we've got going on. Right. And we're still grafting. We're still working hard to get in whatever positions we're in. What are you doing, Karen? 
What are you doing, Julie? You get it. But that's my rant. I think I've had about 7 billion rants. This is not getting off to a good start, especially since my throat is even, is even starting to ache. Ah, but we move. We move. Thanks for listening to my rant. I feel like the boardman lot understand me a little bit more now. I think I'd do an embarrassing if I didn't laugh, I'd cry moment, but I was actually proud of this moment, but my skin was burning. I was hot. Okay. So it was in church one time. There's a local church that I go to nearby on a Saturday, because I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. We go to church on Saturdays. Um, oh, it's really interesting. I decided to search up Seventh-day Adventist <laughs> and the things that came up. I was even like, what? This is us? Because People were like, Seventh-day Adventism, it's a cult. Oh, I'm so glad I got out. I can't believe this is what they believe, right? Then I read um, this, this like, I think it was like a magazine that basically reached out to cult survivors, right? And I was actually, but when I was reading this, mid-reading this, Dalu called me, so I read some of it with him. And we were both like, mouth agap. Is it called a gap or a gape? Mouth wide open, basically, at some of the claims that this person was making. Um, this person, I would say, had a bad experience with the people within the church or whichever church you went to. But um, this person claimed that the Seventh-day Adventist church um, has made her struggle with her identity She's struggling with depression because it was a cult. She was told what to wear, et cetera, et cetera. But then she continues on to say that, you know, it's given her so much freedom because now she she can play around with whatever identity and find who she is basically by pretending to be different people to see what fits basically. And it was, you know, paraphrasing, but it was just interesting because... Not to undermine this individual's um, experiences, but it was just interesting for me to read because I thought cults were a little bit secretive. So once you're in, it's tough to get out. But she claimed um, that the people in the church told them to her and her little brother to leave because they're a bad influence for the other people that were going, attending whatever program or church that she was at and I found that part just a little bit interesting because most cult stories that I've read about is it's a struggle to get out because it's a little bit of a secret this is secrecy you know what I mean so I thought that was quite interesting um I think Adventism is something that most people don't understand because of the biblical beliefs or how we like to actually believe in the bible and how we don't actually pick and choose what we believe from the bible it's like we read verses and we say god is communicating with us through this bible and we're going to take it seriously and we're going to take it literally and the things that are symbolic and we're not going to take literally in the symbolic language we are going to understand it and decipher it um, based off of the other verses that we find in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? The Bible is, is a book that if you are wise enough, and I'm going to just say that, if you, if you have got wisdom, you will find that the Bible explains itself. 
So you can find a passage in Genesis where you find an explanation in, I don't know, Ezekiel, for example, right? You have to keep reading. You have to keep studying it. So, yeah. So if I think it just takes a little bit of um, prayer and a little bit of wisdom to understand it, but that's what Adventists believe. But I feel like with any church and denomination, you find people who are like pretty extreme with it and who also put people off from going to church. And I think that if you're an Adventist who was born in the church, you've probably experienced this yourself, whereby people make the experience a little bit not great. I've experienced it, but I feel like with my character and the way I've been, I've not been put off by people. My questions were always for God. So whenever I went to church, if a person said something to me, I would always think, who are you? <laughs> who are you to be telling me that? Right? You God? You God? So I, that's my character, but I understand that there are other people's characters who are influenced by what people say and what people do, and that can majorly put them off. So I completely get it. And, you know, I hope that you can, the person, the individual, I, obviously they listen, right? I know you're listening. I know you know that this article I'm talking about is about you, right? I hope you can just find it in your heart to forgive and you consider or reconsider it in, like, for God's sake. <laughs> because God didn't do that. People did. Um, but yeah. My embarrassing story. So me and my daughter, we go to church now, this local church, and we'd been there several times, right? And the last time me and her had been there, we were with Dalu. And they usually go, oh, have we got any guests in the, in the church? You know, if there's a guest, please stand up and introduce yourself. And I don't like that. I've never liked that. I don't like it and I don't do it. But when me and Olivia went there, I think it was like the first or second time I actually introduced me and Olivia, Right. Us, they forget and when I went there with Dalu they asked again and I was like to Dalu no we've already introduced ourselves before and so I'm not going to do it so he stood up and introduced us right so now me and Olivia have gone back there I think it was like I don't know two months later or something like that um and then they ask again oh it looks like we've got some guests in the in the church you know I think part of me thinks it's to make themselves feel like they has they have guests in the church, like they've got a little bit of a good attendance. So you see what I'm saying about people. You get what I'm saying. So I I basically had that enough. And again, my character, I don't know if it's a good thing. I don't know if it's a bad thing. But now my 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 skin is hot because I don't like when the attention is on me and it's not on my terms. If you know what I mean. And when people can see my face, I just feel quite intimidated and just like shy. <laughs> How can somebody with a podcast feel shy? But that's just the truth. Um, so they're like, if you can stand and introduce yourselves. And I thought, no, no, you lot ought to do better. So I literally looked at the person. <laughs> oh, no. I looked at the person who was saying this and I was like, no, we've been here before. And they're like, oh, no, you haven't. And I was like, yes, I have. Right. And the last time we were here, we were with my partner and he introduced us. And I've been here before as well. And I introduced us. If you don't remember, you don't remember. But I'm not standing up and I'm not telling you our names again. And the guy in front is like, well, you must have been here like, you know, such so long ago that we don't remember. And I'm like, no, it's this year. It's not long ago. 
And then now my skin is getting hot because people are looking at me and they're looking, going back and forth to the front. And then we were sitting right at the back. So the eyes were dotting to the front, dotting to the back. And he was like, well, if you could just please stand up and introduce yourself again. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm standing firm, but my heart is racing, racing. And I was like, I'm, no, I'm not doing that. And then he was like, well, we've got a policy in this, in this church that if you're not here, you know, um, for three weeks, then you're a guest again. And I just looked at him. I said, well, that's your policy, but I'm not standing up. And then he was like, oh, well, we welcome you. We welcome you again. Have they forgotten my face? <laughs> they can try. <laughs> they have not forgotten this time. <laughs> it was embarrassing just because I thought, whoa, you know, I can't believe you're doing this, Tonga. But this is my point about the girl who was saying she's coming from a cult. People are disappointing you know, I mean, people in any church that you can go to will be disappointing. You can go to these um, charismatic churches, these prosperity gospel churches, and it's amazing. People are very, very friendly and you choose to join the church, but they will disappoint you as well because it's people. You understand, humans are very disappointing. I was watching a... Um, a thing on YouTube and it was like people coming out and talking out against Hillsong and how the leaders in Hillsong were basically abusing young girls like the youth pastors or youth leaders and just notable figures in Hillsong were just abusing young girls. It's a massive organization, Hillsong. It's a massive church, you know, and the leaders in that church disappointed the girls who were going there. Everybody goes to church to seek something. You understand me, but you go in church and instead of meeting God through these people and meeting Jesus through people, you meet people. You understand me. So, yeah, people can be disappointing, but I do also want to say that you've got to, I suppose, find a voice to speak up because, you know, if the Bible is anything to go by, it says that it's it's the Bible, it's there for reproof, for correction. So you can do it in a respectful way where you are correcting people. You know, I personally don't think I would stand for anybody trying to be holier than thou to me because I would be like, whoa. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, that I made you God. <laughs> but I wouldn't recommend it. You know what I'm saying? Because I think it takes a lot. No, I do recommend it. What am I saying? I do recommend it. Right? I do recommend it. 
if people are disappointing you in church, then correct them and remind them why we all go to church. You know what I mean? Because if I could just say the Bible says for all, and I'm always going to repeat this, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Your parents have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You have sinned. Like everybody you know and you've met in your life, they have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, this first question is, to be a Christian, do you have to believe that everything in the Bible actually happened? And the question reads, I've been grappling, really struggling with my faith for years now. Foregoing all denominations, please tell me what you were taught or what you believe about this question. I don't believe that everything in the Bible actually happened. I believe some of the things could have happened and the rest should be treated like folklore or stories where a lesson is taught and these are still considered the word of God. Just because it didn't happen or happen word for word doesn't mean they're useless. Some of the events in the Bible have parallels in other religious texts such as the Quran and even the epic Gilgamesh. In brackets, it says, which is way older than the Bible. So I feel like common thread means that some of these incredible events did happen. I also believe that evolution has a, its place in the creation of the world and Adam and Eve, that dinosaurs and all other creatures we've discovered definitely existed. And that a lot of what happened before humans existed isn't something we're able to compre comprehend. Whatever we know about the origins of life is probably just a drop in the ocean. I was baptized at a young age and I know I haven't cut off my connection with God completely. I haven't practiced or prayed or gone to church consistently over a in over a decade and I'm considering rejoining the faith wholeheartedly. But I fear my beliefs clash with what is required to be a Christian or what it means to be a Christian. Any input is appreciated but please be kind. That is a good question, first of all, for especially for a curious mind who's trying to like rejoin the faith. Um, so this is the bit where I did a little bit of research because I didn't know anything about the epic Gilgamesh, okay? Nothing about the epic Gilgamesh. Um, and upon research, I found out that the epic Gilgamesh story was actually written in... 2100 BC, which is about 4,000 years ago. Now, this is Google searches, right? And I did I did a blunder. I absolutely forgot to get the websites where I got this from. But Google it. Google it. There are many websites that are going to give you this type of information. You understand me. So that was my first point of seeing. And the Bible was written between, uh, it says about 1,200 and 165 BC. Right. So, yeah, the epic Gilgamesh seems to have been written before the Bible, which was interesting. So let me tell you what I found out on the epic Gilgamesh and the story of the epic Gilgamesh. Yeah. So the Gilgamesh was a king of Uruk or Uruk. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And he was two thirds God and one third man. So he was a like a demigod, a hybrid thing. Right. Um, and he was created by other gods. But the interesting thing is, you know what? Let me not tell you the interesting thing to me yet, right? I'll tell you the interesting thing later. 
right? So, this epic Gilgamesh um, built this city or temple and he had this great city that he had other people build for him, his slaves basically. And he was very, very cruel. He was a cruel ruler and he was physically beautiful. He was immensely strong and he was very, very wise. Um, but he was not very nice. He... He was basically a dictator. From what I was reading, Gilgamesh was a dictator and he would rape women, whether they were from, you know, noblemen or they were from um, <clears throat> from his warriors. He would just sleep with whoever he wanted to sleep with and he didn't care who he hurt and how he did it. He would just take whoever he wanted. So because he built his buildings, his epic city, by forced labor, the people moaned and groaned under the oppression. They were like, yo, bro, are you gods seeing this? Are the gods seeing this? Gilgamesh is nasty, okay? So the gods heard the, the subjects, please, right? And then they created a an opponent, an opposer, a wild man. And this man was called Ekindu. Right. And Ekindu was a wild man and he lived like a beast in the forest, in the wild, basically. And, you know, he was amongst the other animals and all the other animals, I think, supposedly, allegedly, based on the story, thought that he was one of them. Yeah, he was a very hairy man. But yeah, but then um, a somebody like a siren woman, right, comes to get, you know, Ekindu. I keep calling it Ekindu. Ekinsu? Ekinhu? <laughs> if you watch Love Island, you know, right? So, yeah, I'm just going to call it Ekin. Enkindu. Enkindu. So, this woman now goes to the wild, right, to get Ekindu. And, 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 you know, he sleeps with this woman. Yeah? Some stories said that they went at it for seven days, right? Made me blush. And, um, then the wild beasts that this Ekindu guy was was with, they were like, oh, you've changed. You're not one of us. You were you were busy carrying on with, with that woman. So she took him back to the to the um the city that Gilgamesh had built. And there she had heard stories. Oh sorry, Ekindu had heard stories from this woman about Gilgamesh and how Gilgamesh was. Okay? So Gilgamesh is about to go and sleep with another woman and Ekindu is not happy with this. He's like, nah, I'm going to stop this. So he tries to stop this and they get into a grapple. They get into a fight, right? But Gilgamesh overpowers this wild man, Ekindu. You get me? And they become friends. They just bond and they become best friends because I think it must have been like, oh, fair play. You nearly had me in the first half. And Ekindu is like, yo, you are strong, did we just become best friends? And they're like, I think we did. So them two start going off on adventures together, right? They decide to go and take this tree from this mystical forbidden forest. You know what I mean? And they go on these warrior adventures together and they, they go and destroy this forest and this beast that lived in the forest. Guys, go and read the story up yourself because it's a, it's a mystical story. So it's like fantasy. It's a little bit like how you'd imagine the witcher to be. You know what I mean? So for me, that's not really my scene. <laughs> so I'm doing the best to understand the story the way I understood it when I was reading it. So, and then after the epic adventures, right, they they go with this head of this beast that they had slain in, the, in that forest, the enchanted mystical forest, and everyone's like, oh my goodness, 
But then there's one person, there's a girl, there's a lady who's really impressed by this. And she wants, she wants Gilgamesh all to herself. And Gilgamesh is like, nah, I don't want you. I've heard what you do, yeah, to your lovers. Yeah, I ain't about to go there with you. She's mad. And her dad is a god. So she goes and tells her dad to smite Gilgamesh. Yeah. Um, and there... That the gods and sent a bull didn't understand the next part of the story to be honest with you because it turns out that the gods um the gods and I'm putting all of that I'm saying it really loosely um the gods sent this this bull or some sort this this creature to come and um take care of this situation and him Gilgamesh and Ekindu kill kill the ting fam and the gods are mortified like how could you do this and it says that the gods sent this animal from heaven <laughs> you understand the sun god her dad was a sun god this is details that are coming back to me but yeah her dad is a sun god or whatever and this happens and they kill the beast that was sent to kill gilgamesh and they're not happy with this they're like oh oh or how can they do this? So what they do, the gods, they decide to inflict Ekindu, Enkindu, right, with an illness. And I think he wrestles with this illness for a week or two or something like that. I think it was two weeks. And my man passes away and Gilgamesh gets depressed. He takes off his kingly clothes, his, his royalty clothes. He takes them off. And from that, whilst mourning his friend, he now goes off. You know, to find himself, I suppose. And from there, he meets another character. Completely forgot his name. His name was really long. Should have written this down. Um, I think I did, actually. He meets a character called Utnapishtim. Utnapishtim. <laughs> I feel like I'm botching this. It reminds me of when I was in school. <laughs> and I would get, like, a supply teacher. And they would butcher my name. Um, is that Tonga Mafan? Tonga Mafan? Utanipishtim. You know what I mean? And Utanipishtim. You get the vibe. I'm going to call him Upna, right? I'm so sorry. This is what they did to me. I'm going to call you T. Okay, cool. Right? But yeah, you know what I mean? So my guy now tells Gilgamesh, yo, there's going to be a flood. There's going to be a whole flood. The gods aren't happy with the state of this world at the moment. The way things are going, it's not impressive. Um, they're going to send a flood and it's going to destroy everybody. Everybody. But, you know, you and your family, I don't know where Gilgamesh has got his family or is it Utnapishtim's family? I don't know. It's not really clear. It's not really defined. You're going to get in a gigantic bowl and some animals are going to go in there with you and you are going to basically survive this flood. And Gilgamesh is like, ah, like, okay. And then the flood comes, right? doesn't say how long the flood lasted, but the flood comes and destroys absolutely everything. Yeah, you're getting the story, you're keeping up. The flood destroys everything. At the end of the flood, um, the gods grant um, Utnapishtim immortality. And Gilgamesh is like, oh, my days. Like, I, want, I want a little bit of that. I want, I want in. And the gods are like, okay, we'll give you immortality, but you just have to pass a test. And the test is staying awake for the whole week. And Gilgamesh is like, bet. Gilgamesh tries to stay awake. My man falls asleep 
basically almost immediately. I mean, all that warrioring he was doing. You know what I'm saying? My man couldn't hack it. He fell asleep. So they were like, mm, sorry, we don't have immortality for you. And he was like, ugh. But then his mate who warned him about the flood tells him about this plant he can take, which um, gives you like healing powers and all these things that can make you immediately young and stuff like that. So he's like, all right. That's the next best thing. He goes and gets his plant. He rests by a river of some sort. He rests at some spot and the serpent comes and takes the plant, eats it, sheds its skin and it's young forever or something like that. And my man is distraught. He's like, oh my days. Uh, can my luck get any worse? And, you know, now he's thinking, what, what have I got now? And he just returns back to that city that he built. Um, and he's like, you know what? After all, you know, the best thing I can do is love these people and love this city. And that's what I'm going to do. Now, this story was supposedly written before the Bible was written. But one thing that I found interesting is the fact that the people are claiming that or the Internet or this question um, is wondering or claims that the Bible has got stories borrowed or taken from some of the stories that were written before the Bible. So my first quest, I suppose, or my first question that popped in my head is, if a flood came and destroyed everything, <laughs> how does Gilgamesh have anything to go back to? <laughs> that was my first question. You understand me? How does Gilgamesh have anything to go back to? How is there even a city? If the Bible borrowed the flood story from Gilgamesh, which was written before the Bible, right? And I don't doubt that it was. That's not my point of question. You get what I'm saying. But how does Gilgamesh go have anything to go back to? That's a eyebrow raiser for me. Um, but then I think a point that I was really interested in was to find out when people say or when it's recorded based on archaeologists and scholars and people who've done the research, not myself, because <laughs> I wouldn't be good at that. If I was to be an archaeologist, I'd be like, look at this bone. This bone is really old. <laughs> then I'd be really grossed out. I'd be like, who do you think this person was? <laughs> do you think they're a good person? I would not be trying to find date, but, but that's just me. So my, yeah, I decided to go and find out when Noah's flood was, when people say Noah's flood was in terms of like the research that has been done. And, you know, it's not really that defined because people are, you know, I would say they've got different dates, but it is anywhere between, right, um, 2,348 BC to 2,304 BC. Some people actually said it was a little bit earlier than that. Okay. So my first question or my first thought was, could it be possible that Noah's flood, the flood that's recorded in Genesis happened and somebody wrote this epic Gilgamesh story? Is that a possibility or is that an impossibility in life? I'll leave those questions for you guys to answer because for me to ask those questions, it means I think that's probably the likely thing that happened. Because when I was watching um, Ancient Apocalypse on 
Netflix, which, by the way, only solidified to me that God exists. And um, when I was watching that, in in most places that my man, this archaeologist, who's somewhat a philosopher as well, from what was coming across, in every single place that he went to and asked people if they believed that there was a flood of some sort that destroyed everything, they all had an account of some sort talking about, you know, a legend or a story that okay, that people told them or that they know, yeah, um, unique to that land regarding the flood. So all of them were like, yeah, we believe that there was a flood, you know, and then they would give a, an account of what their flood story is. You understand me? So that's what I'm going to say there. All right, I think it's possible, right, that this epic Gilgamesh story was written before the Bible. I don't dispute that. Um, but I also think that in life, we get people who know that they are liars and they have an idea to go, oh, in fact, if I go and tell people my side of the story first, that's a lie. When the other person comes and tells these people their truth, there is that question in their mind because I got there first isn't that how cunning the devil is <laughs> so that's my question um and I also think that the flood story is quite universal right and most people are prone well I would say personally personally the the flood story in the bible makes a lot of sense Okay, nothing fantastical and mysterious like the epic Gilgamesh because there were people were just disgusting. You know, they were living a lawless life and the creator, God above, was saying, no, this can't run. So yeah, so God kind of like saw this behavior and he was like, nah, 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 nah. In fact, I am creator. I don't have to put up with this. This is really... And my dad told me a point and I don't know, I think he got it from one of these authors who said that if... God hadn't destroyed the world with a flood at that time, there probably wouldn't have been anybody saved. Everybody would have been lost because of how unruly and how lawless everybody was. And if you think how pretty early on into the earth's history this was, that's pretty shocking, you know? Um, so yeah, um, this question was very interesting, but the actual question was, do you have to take everything in the Bible, do you have to believe everything that the Bible says? Yes, I think you absolutely do have to believe everything the Bible says. I don't think there's a story in the Bible that is too hard to believe, especially given the human race. You understand, humans are deceitful, humans are liars, and that's because of the state of sin. So there is nothing that should be shocking. The stories in the Bible that I would say are not based on real accounts but rather based on stories, are parables, because those are stories like how we use metaphors. Yeah, in our day and age, we can use metaphors to help somebody understand something. That's what a parable was. It's just a story, but that could be like a real life scenario. You understand what I'm saying? And the parables had lessons. Every single parable has a lesson and it's a lesson of salvation and it's a lesson of how we ought to be in our life. So yeah. You do have to believe everything the Bible says in order to be a Christian or I feel like to, in order to be a follower of God. You understand me? Because it's not just people who are who 
practice Christianity or who identify with Christianity um, who go to heaven. God doesn't have and doesn't call for a religion. He calls for a church. A church is a people. You get me. So if a people believe in God, they will believe in the word of God. That's the Bible. So I hope this has, I've answered it without actually answering it, without actually, you know, answering it by just posing some questions for people to ponder upon and, you know, telling you an epic tale about the epic Gilgamesh who's a demigod. But one thing that I did notice that's interesting on the Internet, when people are talking about other gods that are not God they use lowercase g constantly but when they're addressing god they use capital letter g and i thought is that a coincidence that everybody has got the desire to just use capital letter g <laughs> you somehow we know i feel like every individual who has got the ability to think reason and write knows that god is god that's why they put some respect on his name you get it <laughs> You know, because in the epic Gilgamesh, all the gods were written over lowercase. When they said the God, and they say gods, yeah, there was the the earth god, the 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 sun god, there was the wind god, whatever god there was, yeah, there were so many gods, and these gods were coming together to create this demigod. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. But let me move on. Let me move on from that. I'll leave that with you. I think I said too much. <laughs> So I'm going to read last question. Yeah, I'm going to read the last question. And the last question, I hope I answered that. I hope that was informative and I answered that. I feel like I was a little bit all over the place, but I hope it, it linked and I answered that and it kind of made sense. Um, last question. In Genesis 6, there is the infamous flood um, in which only true believer Noah and his family were only the humans who survived it, as it was caused due to the wickedness of evil of humans. Is it plausible to assume there is a possibility of another flood as humans are still sinning? P.S. I don't think it matters if you think the things in the Bible happened really or not. I'm speaking theoretically. Um, Yeah, no, no, there's no chance of that. Because if we go to Genesis, because again, I said we're going to be turning in our Bibles today. No point of learning about the Bible if we're not going to read the Bible. Um, so if we go to Genesis, um, in Genesis 6, God tells Noah about the flood. God tells Noah about the flood. Um, he prepares the flood. He preaches for like 120 years. You know, the people were being warned that the flood was going to come. They were watching Noah build this ark and they were actually mocking Noah. Like, lol, back at it, Noah's like, come on, dude, like, come on. Mocking it. And, you know, after 120 years, God was like, yeah, no, it's done. It's time to get in the, in the ark now. And gives him instructions about animals. And, yeah, and then he gets in the ark and the ark was closed from the outside an angel of God shut the door, you know? And it came to pass that the flood actually came and people were now, that's when people were like, oh, right, like, he was absolutely right. And now they wanted to be late in the flood, but it was too late. That's how God moves, by the way. And I hope you've heard what I've just said, that they heard a warning, they mocked it, the door was shut, then the flood came, then they wanted to get in the flood, and it was too late. 
They couldn't. It was shut from the outside. No one could not open the thing. Nobody could get in. Nobody could get out. Do you get it? Yeah. I hope you'll keep it keeping up. Um, and then the flood finished, and then God said, and I'm gonna read from Genesis nine. We're now in Genesis nine, and I'm gonna um read from verse eight. Then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying. And as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you. Covenant in the Bible is used like, like as a promise. I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast on the earth with you. Of all that go out of the ark, every beast of the earth, thus I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. Okay. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every, every living creature that is with you for my perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the cloud and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Every single time you see a rainbow and, you know, rainbows only come after there's rain. Are you understanding me, people? Are you following me? Yeah. Every time it's rained and the sun comes out a little bit, you see a rainbow of some sort. Sometimes that's this. You know, science can explain to you what a rainbow is and how a rainbow may be formed based on theories that they are found, but has anyone actually gone to take a sample from the rainbow to experiment on it, to really tell us what gone? Nay, I say, they haven't. Because when we read in the Bible, it says, I set my rainbow in the cloud and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Now again, let me point you to ancient apocalypse, right? Wherever my man went and whatever his conclusion was, there was a flood. You get me? That destroyed the whole earth. A catastrophic, a catastrophic event. And we read about it in the Bible. And the Bible tells us that there's a covenant, there's a promise that he's never going to destroy the world with a flood again. Has it ever happened again? No, it has never. Do we see a rainbow in the sky when, you know, waters, when the heavens open with water? Yes, we do. Why? Because it's a covenant, it's a reminder, it's a sign that God will never destroy the earth again by a flood, okay? But, but, <laughs> there is a time that's coming, Jesus is coming soon and the earth will be destroyed. There's going to be a new earth that's going to be created, but there will, the earth will be destroyed Um with all the evil people that are on this earth, the wicked that are on this earth, they will be destroyed. But yeah, so I hope I've answered these questions. I hope you found this informative and interesting like I have. You understand me? And if you've got any comments, you know, if I've made blunders or said something that was not truthful or honest or the interpretation of the word of God when I was reading it, um, then email me, right? I've deleted my socials, but... I've deleted my Instagram, so you can email me. If I didn't laugh, I'd cry at gmail.com. If not, you can email to Wonga with three A's at gmail.com because I know that that's much shorter. So if you've got any questions, any commentary, any any uh, wanting to correct me somewhere, 
If I said anything untoward, let me know. Okay? And then we can discuss it in the next episode because I think it's going to be me for most of the time just reading these questions from the internet and having the podcast guests retrying to record what I had already recorded. And if you are interested in coming on, I'm trying to find or figure out how to um, record the sessions using Zoom. But it's uh, it's more coursework, guys. Uh, It's more research that I have to do so I can figure it out instead of like making people come to my place and me driving around. And yeah, it's getting a little bit long doing that because I know that it's it's very inconvenient for people. So I'm trying to do that. So maybe we can even take it global. Maybe you Boardman lot will be interested in coming on this little podcast. Know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, thank you for sticking with me. I hope you were informed. I hope this was fun for you to learn a little bit about the Bible a little bit more. And if anyone is feeling discouraged in their faith and in their church and or somebody... If no, then I would say don't. People are disappointing, but God isn't. You can be disappointed in God, but I would I would bet 10 out of 10 times if you tell God where your feelings have been hurt and if you seek God to understand, the answers will be revealed to you in due course. You have to be patient though. You expect people in life to be patient with you. You need to be a little bit patient with God as well because it doesn't work in your time. Yeah? In his divine wisdom, he doesn't work in your time, okay? Um, and also, if somebody is not knowing where to start and, you know, which denomination to go to or to what to believe in, I would say go to a church. Find a church that believes in biblical teachings, that doesn't need or depend on any other doctrine but the Bible, Okay, you know what I'm saying. So you need to find a church that strictly believes in the Bible and the teachings of the Bible and doesn't believe in any other doctrine but the Bible because that's the place where you need to start because believing in everything that the Bible says and having people who understand that. Anyway, anyway, thank you. Thank you for sticking with me once again, right? I... um. Honestly, I feel like I just got on and on and on. And I'm really passionate about this. Passionate about the podcast still, by the way. Still going. Okay. I've, I've, I've nearly given up, I think, like, like a number of times because I'm like, I can't do this all. I can't edit. I can't. Ugh. But I really do enjoy it. So, um, quote. Have I got a quote? I've got a proverb for you today. Okay, this is from Proverbs 3, verse 13. It reads, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Wah, wah, wah. I'm sorry the episode is over, but please tune in next week for another exciting journey. Goodbye, goodbye, bye, bye, bye. Have good vibes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.